long before trailblazing the lifestyle blog in stationary world. Long before judging the world's strongest chefs at Kitchen Stadium. Long before repeatedly trying and failing to dig for gold. Itoi Shigesato was a simple copywriter. Amidst the wild success of Nintendo's family computer in the late 1980s, Itoi became a huge video game fan. In 1987, he leveraged his success to secure a meeting with Shigeru Miyamoto himself, pitching an RPG inspired by Dragon Quest. This pitch was met with swift rejection. Undeterred, Itoi went back to the drawing board and returned to Nintendo with the idea that would become the video game Mother, releasing a year after the fan-favorite third Dragon Quest game for the Famicom. English-speaking audiences would have to wait 26 years to play Mother officially, though intrepid fans of the game's Super Famicom sequel found a way to play it sooner. And this is the third strongest podcast. So what, you want to talk about a video game? Yeah. Uh, have either of you ever heard of the video game Earthbound? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm, yeah. The uh, 1989 Famicom game, correct? Wait, what? Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, as part of covering Earthbound uh, SNES, I wanted to go and use this as an opportunity to go replay uh, Earthbound, the NES uh, prequel? No, you don't call it a prequel if it came before. That's call I feel it like a game. It's the video game. It's the original video game. It the is original. Mother in Japan. You can call it predecessor. There you go. Hmm. The precursor. Yeah. Um, uh, Mother, the 1989 Famicom game. Uh, that is Mother, the Mother to Mother Earthbound's Mother Two. Uh, and um, it was interesting revisiting it, and I want to talk about it a little bit in how it relates to uh, the game we're actually talking about. I'm not going to go crazy deep on anything, but I think there's some really interesting ways that uh, Earthbound, as it's later been titled, either Earthbound Beginnings, or if you're a dweeb like me, you say Earthbound Zero still, (laughs) um, how this game is kind of a blueprint of what, earthbound ends up being in some ways uh yeah this is the first video game that shigesato itoi made in 89 uh which is really late for an nes game Mm. uh the background is that it had a full localization through nintendo of america but because it got localized so late they chose not to actually release it yeah And then that localization eventually leaked onto the internet. 1998 is what I found when I was Googling around for it. Wow. Uh, Which feels like early for that kind of a thing to leak. Weirdly. I don't know. In my mind, it's always just, in my mind, it's always just been out there. So. Hmm. Uh, And then eventually Nintendo went and found that ROM and started distributing it themselves. And you can get it on Nintendo Switch Online. I think, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I played the very beginning of it. Uh, what'd you think? It's really interesting how similar it is to Earthbound. Uh, like, Did I was beat- not expecting so many, like, directly uh, 
direct similarities, like the music and the way that it starts and stuff. Yeah, it it's not quite the same opening, but you do open as like a kid in a cap in a house dealing yeah. with the situation. Um, did you beat the baby doll? Y yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's really weird revisiting this because it feels like a prototype of Earthbound in yeah. a lot of ways. Um, it also feels like, and I mean this in the kindest way possible, it feels like an RPG maker game. Oh, interesting. Huh, um, I could see that. In like how it's constructed, where it feels like a game that was made by people that haven't made a lot of games necessarily. And like sure. Itoi himself had never made a game before. Um like the overworld for the for the game, as opposed to Earthbound that we've been talking about a whole bunch, where you have discrete maps that like you know, the game has the data, has it all arranged as one big map, but you, the player, are just moving from map screen to map screen. Um, most of Earthbound Zero is just one huge map. Hmm. That's like, there's no breaks when you go town to town or town to, like, unincorporated area. Hmm. And the demarcations for the, like, unincorporated areas are even less concrete. Uh, so and there's no overworld enemies, so you just know you're in an area with enemies when you start getting attacked. Oh, oh. man, so that's very different. Um, it's bizarre. Uh, there's even like, and it's also like an RPG Maker game in how they kind of stretched the assets they have. There's a late game, like dungeon area that's just a chunk of the overworld that's just called the swamp. And it's literally just, like, the grass tiles and the water tiles arranged in a maze that you have to hmm. get through to get to, like, the last chunk of the game. Hmm. And it's, like, that feels very just, like, well, I'm going to use the tools I have to create a block right. for the player. And I was really fascinated by it. Hmm. There's also just a lot of empty space in at least one town where there's no useful anything in it. Wow. Huh. Uh, I guess there's a, there's quite a bit of that in Earthbound as well, like extra stuff, extra space, extra like characters and everything. Yeah, there's a, a lack of focus that we talked about before. Yeah. And like this or a lack of focus on delivering the correct experience, you know, like funneling you toward what you need to do. Yeah. But um, the way Zach is talking about Mother, it doesn't sound as deliberate. It sounds like making big spaces just because, wow, I can make big spaces. <laughs> it feels like they started with just a, like like you would if you fired up RPG Maker, like just a blank map. And they were mm -hmm. like started doodling and filling in, here's a little town. Here's the thing. We got to make a little area in between them. So here's some trees. <laughs> um and it's it's charming in that specific way. It 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 in that in that like you're seeing somebody kind of express themselves through a game uh without a sense of mastery which is like cool. Yeah, I uh, love that. And like are there any other ways in which it comes off as uh not 
skillfully put together. Oh, you know the other one, maybe, uh, is famously really poorly balanced. Hmm. Hmm. Um, it's a, uh, I believe they've even said, they've come out in interviews, like, years later and been like, yeah, we had a really hard time balancing it, so we kind of gave up towards the end. (laughs) (laughs) And so it gets really grindy? It's really grindy. Um, you have the same thing in Earthbound where your new party members start at level one. Okay. Um, but they don't give you like an on ramp to get them caught up, oh. and so instead you have to just grind out levels for a while. Um, I see. Which, as long as you're on board of doing that, it's not so bad. But it is pretty grindy, even mm. for a, a NES RPG. And like famously, the last dungeon is just like really hard. You pretty much just run from everything the last dungeon to get to the last boss. Cool. Wow. Another thing I noticed just from the beginning that was different was the localization. <laughs> I think that it makes a huge difference the 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 quality of the dialogue and stuff in in Earthbound itself. It's fascinating because it's a different different uh, localizer, obviously, or not obviously, but it is a different localizer. Um, it feels a lot more stiff. Yeah. In some weird ways, the specific one I noticed is that the dialogue in mother when you call to save the game and the dialogue and that same dialogue in earthbound i'm pretty sure they have to be the same dialogue in the japanese version Mm. because oh like it feels like they're saying the same thing but in mother the in earthbound beginnings the translation is way more stiff Hmm. and so it has a very different feel to it um you get to the end of that that whole thing uh probably not i don't have a text dump but i can pull it up you pull up the earth m1 i'll find earth m beginnings text dump oh okay um so we're talking about uh the you work too hard like your mother oh but personally i don't feel like i need to work too hard that dialogue there okay Earthbound beginnings, text dump. Nope, I cannot find it. Hold on. Hmm. Text dump, text dump, text dump. Here we go. Oh, this is arranged nightmarish. That's okay. I have it here. Okay. So, um, we're looking for... Uh, oh, this is not organized perfectly either. Um, uh, your hardware I, uh, record of. Um, oh, what do you need from me? You say record. You say all done. Your dear old dad was also thinking of hitting the hay for the night. I have created a record of your adventure to this point. Good night. Sleep tight. And then, Ness, you like to work hard, just like your mother. But I don't think it's good to work too hard. Click, beep, beep, beep. So in Earthbound Beginnings, it's you get, there's like a dialogue tree here. Well, next level requires, skip all this. This is your dad. I've transferred money to your bank account after month, blah, blah, blah. Now son, oh, that's not that one. Okay, but I was thinking of going to sleep now. I've saved your progress so far. Good night. 
And then if you say continue, she, he says, just like your mom, you never want to stop. Mm. Please don't push yourself so hard. Okay. And then it says slam, but it's just slam the word with a period at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> a soft slam. So a soft slam. Do you know the story about the slam? No. Um, Itoi, uh, maybe I'm misremembering this, but like got an angry note from his daughter where she at the end of it wrote out slam beep 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 and then <laughs> oh. stuck it to the fridge or something that's very good yeah so like but the, the dialogue feels like it's the same but just localized differently localized pretty in the, the yeah. like most direct like idea to idea way and then in earthbound you have more space for text you have a chance for more personality you can say mm -hmm. your dear old dad instead of i mm. yeah exactly it's it's fascinating to see the differences there and uh yeah um let's see do i want to do the plot stuff or do i want to do this stuff first let's do this stuff first Psych, we're gonna do plot stuff first. <laughs> um, so the 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 major plot stuff I'll just talk about is just in relation to Earthbound, the game we're talking about. And the thing with the the three games in the series is it the only thing that really matters carrying forth from one game to the next game is how the predecessor game sets up the villain of the next game. Is basically how I look at it. Okay. I think so much that you could probably play the games in reverse order and it would still be coherent. Yeah. Hmm. Because all you care about the the only thing that really matters going forward is in in Mother 3 is, you know, setting up Pokey. Sure. Uh and then in the same way here this game's all about Gigas's origins. Mm. Geek here, but it's the same guy. Sheesh. We don't care. I'm not here to be pedantic about that plenty of other things to be pedantic about <laughs> um you get a actual like text scrawl at the beginning i guess it's not a scrawl because it's just a single page but um i could read this i could stretch this out <laughs> yeah in the in the early 1900s a dark shadow covered a small country town in rural america at that time a young married couple vanished mysteriously from their home the man's name was George. The woman's name was Maria. Two years later, as suddenly as he left, George returned. He never told anyone where he had been or what he had done, but he began an odd study all by himself. As for Maria, his wife, she never returned. Hmm. Uh, and then it flashes forward to the 80s, and you play Ninten, um, which is a cute name. Yes. Yeah. Uh you find out the stuff about your great-grandfather george who's the guy from the intro text ah. uh you get his diary um you end up on a journey going around rural america i suppose um trying to collect eight melodies and the game doesn't like front load exactly why you're doing that mm. uh, you kind of have to figure that out as you go and they're not arranged... So like Earthbound, you're collecting, you know, parts of a song. 
and but they're not in like dungeons necessarily the first one you get just by beating the first like enemy and sometimes you just get them by talking to the right npcs cool hmm. cool it must um, be easy to miss or easier to miss yeah i think there are there's an npc in in the game that will tell you but it's not obvious ah. so i i mostly play this game with a guide mm-hmm. or else you're gonna do a lot of backtracking um, but it's really interesting how they had that idea, but here it's just way more, I don't know how to describe it, just like haphazard. Hmm. It's, it feels less, I was going to say less video gamey, but that's not true. It's just a different kind of video game. Um, but then you go through the world, um, there's a whole bunch of Earthbound style vignettes where you like go to a place and there's a different thing going on, but they're all way less fully formed here. Hmm. You know, there's a zombie cemetery. There's a zoo where all the animals are loose. Cool. There's a whole bunch of factories, which we haven't gotten to the factory yet in Earthbound, but hmm. that's like a whole archetype in Earthbound Beginnings. Interesting. There, there's a big desert. There's a swamp. There's a haunted house. <laughs> um, but like that's kind of it, and the writing isn't present enough to really carry any of these as like the same cool monster of the week episode kind of stuff we're getting in earthbound uh-huh. so are you on like a linear journey or do you just decide which direction to go in and you hit a haunted house or something it's there's some gating but it's a lot more open than i remember huh. i actually was wondering if anybody's made an earthbound beginnings randomizer because i bet <sighs> you could do a pretty good one with that because I think the whole world, much of the world is pretty open right at the beginning. Hmm. You're just gated by the fact that enemies are really strong. Um, and then, as I said, the big thing is that you get the plot uh, where you find out that... Uh, do do either of you care that I'm going to spoil the the plot to Earthbound Beginnings? No, I guess I should have asked that before I asked no. you to record this podcast. Yeah, no, it's okay. Maybe the listener might want to. Okay, listener, but... I'm going to spoil Earthbound Beginnings. You can jump ahead to. I'm not going to. I guess till till after you can jump ahead to finishing the game and then coming back and listen. To the podcast. <laughs> um, the whole deal is that, um. Your great-grandfather George and great-grandmother Maria were abducted by aliens uh, and were compelled to raise Gygus, who was, like, a child of some kind at this time. Um, And they kind of became close to him, but George ends up escaping uh and maria doesn't and so george came back to earth and was kind of researching psychic powers because the aliens had psychic powers so he spent his whole time researching it um what you end up getting though the other big thing in earthbound beginnings is that um you go to magicant which is a place we're not even gonna get we got like 20 episodes before we get to magicant but here it's this weird, cool, pink realm where there's a queen named Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mary is, like, 
a vestige of Maria, like some oh. kind of weird memory ghost thing. Cool. And you acquire all the melodies, and then you go to her and sing the whole song, and she's like, I remember everything, here's the backstory, um, you have to go, the, this song was actually the lullaby we used to sing Gygus. Wow. Cool. And so, and then she sends you to go fight the final boss, and she teleports you there, thank goodness, so you don't have to do the final dungeon again. Um, when she does that, magic can't vanishes. It's spooky. It's haunting. Um, huh. and then you go there and you confront Gygus, and he's mad that George would have stolen the secrets of psychic powers and tries to fight you, but you sing at him enough that he retreats and vows vengeance. Mm. Ah. And that's the whole, and that's the whole setup. And that's why Gygus has returned and strike struck back. That makes so much sense. Title? Um, yeah, that's, and that's the main thing, I guess. The other, what are the other stuff? The other stuff is, like, the broad strokes of, like, this game introduces the same character archetypes that kind of are present in Earthbound. Uh, Ninten is kind of Ness with a scarf. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Asthma. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Weird. Um, Anna is the girl here, and she's kind of Paula with a weird, a, a weirdly, like, localized around, like, Christianhood. Huh. Oh. Where, like, she lives in a church, or, like, you meet her in a church. <laughs> cool. Um, they get a weird romance plot that's, like, goofy. How, These how kids? do they do that? There's, like, a moment towards the end of the game where... One of the other character in your party like gives you guys a moment, and you have like a weird romantic dance. Wow, <laughs> that's like it's doing something, but it's not. It it feels localized around enough that I'm like, what are they doing with this? <laughs> is this like? It's like right at the precipice of the end of the journey, or is this kids trying to like? It's kids dancing, Zach. Don't overthink it. No, but it. it's weird. It's weird. I don't know. There, <laughs> it's there, not There's an intentionality weird. behind it that I'm just like, what are they doing with this? Huh. Um, it's not weird Jeff for kids analog... to dance. Oh, sorry. Yes. Oh. The Jeff analog is Lloyd, um, but they can only have three people in the party at once, so he gets booted out <laughs> so that Teddy, the fourth character, can join. Um, Teddy is like a proto-Frank which is really interesting. Mm, yeah. He's just like a gang leader. Yeah. In the in the in the LA analog that's called LA. <laughs> but it's spelled out like phonetically. Spell it. Wait. Um it, I have a, a question uh, a, a tangent question. Is it all like in America? It like as Earthbound is like all over the world kind of. Um but is is this game like mostly set in an America like place? It, it is, yes, it is set okay. in an America-like okay. place. Um, none of the towns really directly correspond, except L.A., I guess. But, <laughs> yeah. that's, but that's a, I think L.A. is one of the ones. That's, the localizer took some choices with renaming a lot of the towns. Hmm. In Japanese, all the towns have, like, holiday names. Wow. It's, like, Easter and... 
I think there's a Thanksgiving town. Wow. Is it just the name or are the towns themed? They're not really themed. It's okay, just the names. Okay. But isn't there like a Christmassy one? Yeah. A snowman. <laughs> oh, okay. But is that named Christmas get... in Japanese? No, I think it's just snowman. But I think there might be. Oh, there's a reindeer town in Japanese. Oh. Huh. Which is not even not, not the snow town, confusingly, now that I think about it. <laughs> Um, the and then and then there's the Yucca Desert, which is like okay. Mm. <laughs> Geographically, it doesn't line up to anything, but that's fine. I'm not <laughs> here to be a geographer. Um, yeah, Teddy being a proto Frank is important, I think, because that suggests that Frank maybe had more importance. At some planning stage of mm. Earthbound. Mm. I might be reading too far into it, but it's very interesting that they... That that character with that archetype still exists in the second game, even if they're not as important. Yeah. The knife-wielding game leader. <laughs> it is funny to think of having that character in your party. He's really good in I can imagine. this game. And then he gets, like, blown up. But Aww. then he's, he's fine later. He's fine later. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I guess we talked about game balance. The other major thing is that, and I I think we talked about this on the first episode, is that Starman Jr. is here as like an early boss. Okay. And in Earthbound, he's the first boss. And there's always like, I've had this, I, I don't remember if I read somebody else's speculation and, like, grabbed onto it, probably, but Starman Jr. showing up at the beginning of Earthbound in, like, a act of revenge on Buzz Buzz sure. has always led, led credence to the idea that uh, Nintendo and Buzz Buzz are the same guy. Oh. Um, Is that real? Which is, <laughs> I don't I don't think it's explicit. Okay. Huh. But there's like there's something there maybe. Hmm. Uh what else? A lot you you include into the fact that a lot of the music's the same. It's the same composer. Um and they reuse not all the tracks in the next game, but quite a few of them. Sometimes in different contexts too. It's very interesting. Hmm. Uh, I heard at least one of the, the battle themes when I played it. Yeah. There's like one battle theme that doesn't make the transition, but there's mm. only like three battle themes in the game. Hmm. I think that's right. And I was going to say the graphics here are way more peanuts than Earthbound ever gets, which is <laughs> oh, very interesting. Funny. It's like all the NPCs to my, like, they, they're all very peanuts huh. looking here. And maybe that's just a, because the graphics are much smaller, you know, the sprites are much smaller yeah. that maybe I'm just able to read into that a little bit more. <laughs> uh, I have one other thing, but do y'all have any other questions? Um, hmm. I have kind of a. 
I, I if we're if we're still talking about the plot or if we're going to leave the question of the plot, I I would kind of want to get into um, the question that was discussed to death in the Earthbound fan community twenty years ago. Let's dig it up and talk for like twenty or thirty seconds about whether Earthbound is really intended as a sequel to Mother or if it's a reboot with like some names changed and some names like reused in new ways. Do you know what I mean? I think there's a sense in which if you're, if you're looking at this from like a Marvel cinematic universe, first Dr. Strange movie, second Dr. Strange movie sense, then earthbound is not a sequel to mother by any stretch of the imagination. I guess my viewpoint is that it is a sequel simply because it's, you know, it's the, it's the villain strikes back. Mm -hmm. Well, but is it, Um, isn't that the the Japanese subtitle is just that you, that's the subtitle, but like, does the Gygus in Earthbound have anything to do with Geeg and Mother? I mean, if you're other than having the same name and an imp- mm. nothing about how Gygus is established in Earthbound, at least in the English version, uh, makes it gives any sense to him like taking revenge on anything he's just a force of evil who wants to lay waste to the universe i think the distinction maybe doesn't matter as much to the people making the game well that's that's my point yeah because i would look at i'm trying to think of another rpg series that has a similar lay of the land because this isn't like a final fantasy situation where it's just another entry in a common series this is haven't played it but i'm gonna say isn't breath of fire kind of the same situation where the games have some tenuous connections between them but ultimately not in a way that matters we might be able to compare it to zelda games Hmm. Oh, if you if you look at just look at uh, Legend of Zelda versus Link to the Past. Okay, you've got the same cast. You've got a bunch of the same ideas, but if you try to say this guy is this guy, then either you you don't get anything out of that uh, connection, or it doesn't make sense. I suppose so, but in my mind, like, I like the idea of them being explicitly connected games because I really like the idea that you only have to carry forward this tiny little bit between games because ultimately they're all pretty separate. So what you like about the continuity is how there's almost none of it? (laughs) <laughs> there's just enough that it's like we're just gonna take this tiny little gift wrapped ha uh part and take that forward 
We're going to parcel out the important thing, hand it to you, and you get to play this next thing. But there's still that handoff that somehow makes that more exciting than going from Final Fantasy 3 to 4 to 5. Where none of those games take place in a shared world at all. They're just using shared concepts. Well, unless you play the other later Final Fantasy stuff that ties it all together. But that doesn't count. I don't know. I think there's... You get some kind of value. I'm not sure what kind of value. From looking as looking at Earthbound as a completely... Like, looking at it as having no continuity with Mother... And the stuff that appears to be continuity is just the Cthulhu-like force in Earthbound happens to have the same name as the angry alien in Mother. I suppose. The other wrinkle on this is that, like, we're, we're not talking about Mother 3 on this podcast, but, you know, Mother 3 is a game about being the sequel to Earthbound in a lot of ways um so oh geez you said a mouthful yeah <laughs> <laughs> um that that would be the other wrinkle to that and i think that's maybe thinking about all three games together is giving me this viewpoint as opposed to just looking at earthbound mm. beginnings in earthbound maybe that's what's happening here is i'm hmm. being informed by the later game and creating a unified theory um well, I would say, like, I don't want to take any hard line about this is a, not a sequel and this is a sequel uh, because it's all <laughs> stupid and it doesn't matter. I will take yeah. a hard mm-hmm. line on. Wait, what did you say before I started talking? I said that I was thinking about this in terms of all three games. And. Um, I don't remember past that. Like, a, they're a unified package or making it a consistent package or something thinking about them in all three as as one big thing okay and some specific choice of word you said i take issue with which is i don't think that at least talking about earthbound probably talking about mother um i don't think that (laughs) expecting any kind of like consistency or overarching structure or, uh, you know, neat little bow on it is, I, I think that that's a, a bad thing to look for because it's all very messy and goofy and makes stuff up as you go along. Oh, no, totally. I'm more, and I'm not thinking of it as like, I'm not saying it was pre-planned this way and it's like a No one is perfect. saying that. What I'm saying is that now it's all, you know, looking back as it's all said and done as like a work that was strewn over you know a decade two decade and a half 15 years something like that like it's fun to look back at it and look at the arc of it all and see how it all kind of landed and fits together as a narrative of a series of games being made Hmm. okay and i like i like thinking about it like that i think that that would be a good subtitle for the mother series if that was the subtitle of each game in the series, Mother, a narrative of a series of games being created. Earthbound, a narrative of a series of games being created. There you go. I'd play that. 
Okay, it's any other 64. business I have? What? Uh, uh, um... Uh, oh, so it sounds like in Mother, the fact that Ninten has psychic powers is part of the plot. Yeah, the psychic powers actually matter there hmm. in a way that Earthbound the game doesn't care about. Um, where he, he and a few other characters in the game have psychic powers. And I guess it's like your great-grandfather was doing some kind of unspecified research into it, and people having psychic powers is an affront, according to Gygas. Oh, okay. Like, humans weren't supposed to have that. That was our thing. Hmm. It is really interesting that there's a backstory in this game that you get right at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I keep on trying to identify sources and the thing about people being abducted in the early 1900s is super specific but doesn't match anything that comes in immediately to mind like people yeah. didn't start getting abducted by aliens until the 40s <laughs> yeah i think it was just they probably wanted it to be somebody's distant relative enough and mapped it out and said, well, it has to be the great grandparent. <laughs> I mean, because this game has to be set in the 80s. Well, it has to be set in the 80s. But <gasps> like if you said if you made it the grandparent, then they could be abducted in the 40s and things would work out just the same. So I, I don't think it's a matter of doing the math. I think it might be a matter of like referring to a book or a movie that we don't know about. Could be, could be. What well, what did you gasp about? Oh, I don't don't worry about it. What do you mean? Don't worry about it. I thought I made a connection, and then I didn't make a connection, and I was going to edit that out. So I, <laughs> I gasped, but now you pointed it out, so now it's in the podcast. Okay. Good job. Now, you had some kind of theory about uh, like equipment. Oh, uh, we could do that right now if you want. I, I had a different thing I was going to do, but we'll save that for last. Okay, let's talk about equipment. You were going to save the equipment talk for last? No, I have another thing for oh, last, okay. but uh, uh, we can talk about equipment real quick. We got time on this. Everybody good? Everybody got time? Yeah, oh, we got time. Listener, listener, oh. you got time to listen to me uh, spend 15 minutes talking about inventory space? Yeah. I promise it's riveting. Okay, okay here, here's Here's the breakdown. In Earthbound Beginnings, every character only has eight inventory slots. Awesome. Which is not a lot of space. No. If you played no. these games. But, but, when you equip an item in Earthbound Beginnings, it was removed from your inventory and goes to your status screen. Oh, okay. And there are, you have four slots there, uh, like you, like you will in Earthbound, kinda. Um... So you effectively get those extra slots, and you just have eight, like, free slots. That seems to make more sense. Yeah. If you have something so equipped, in... you're not carrying it. <laughs> yeah, it's on your bag. It's on your person. Yeah. It's attached to your little guy. <laughs> um, then Earthbound, the video game that we're talking about all the time, you have 14 inventory slots per character. However... Your equipped items stay in those inventory slots. Mm. Sure. So if you have, 
if you're fully equipped, you only have 10 slots. So we've gained two slots, kind of, in this game. Hmm. Sure. Uh, and then I checked Mother 3. In Mother 3, you have 16 inventory slots. Wow. Jeez. However, in that game, you also keep your equip items in those slots. Mm. So you effectively have 12 free slots. Still so not that bad. means that each not too bad, but that means each game you get two more slots, kind of. Mm, like oh yeah. And in the development material for Mother Four, they were talking about how you would have an extra two inventory slots. We cannot talk about <laughs> Mother Four on this podcast. I'm sorry. Um, uh, yeah. So that's pretty easy. The other thing is, I was looking at what kind of items you equip. So in Earthbound Zero, there's not that many equipment items, actually, and you can get the best equipment basically at the, like, an hour into the game. Wow. Because you just go to Magicant and all the best items are there, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> uh, you Magicant ends up being kind of a hub in the game in a way that's kind of cool. Weird. Hmm. Because you can always get back there, um, and that's a good place to grind. So you just spend a lot of time grinding there. And is it uh, like a dream, or what is it? It's like a weird dream world that you get through a cave to get to, and then once it stops existing, you're just kind of in like a weird desert landscape for like a second before you're warped to the final boss. Hmm. So mystery. Okay. Exactly what its nature is. But awesome. there's like people there. There's like weird like witch looking people. <laughs> and flying men are there. Uh you can you can murder all the flying men. Oh. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Uh, in Earthbound Zero, you have a weapon slot, a slot for a coin, a slot for a ring, and a slot for a pendant. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So then, so then Earthbound, the video game we're playing, you have a slot for a weapon, you have a slot that's body, mm. you have a slot that's arms, and you have a slot that's other. Hmm. This and is then, blowing my mind. And then Mother 3, because I put this on the list too, you have a slot for weapon, you have a slot for body, you now have a slot for head, hmm. and you have a slot for other. Okay. Hmm. So now you're asking, what belongs in each slot? Yeah. Well, weapons I'm not going to worry about. Uh, body uh, gives you, you can equip charms. Mm-hmm. which are like the Japanese-style paper charms. Mm. Okay. Uh, pendants, which are some kind of talisman worn on a string around your neck. Okay. Uh, clothing, which I'm including here as like a catch-all, but that includes uh, shirts, sweaters in Mother 3, and uh, cloak, the Cloak of Kings. Sure, okay. As well as dog collars. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I gather here is by body... They actually mean anything that's worn around the neck. Gotcha. Hmm. And um, and that's okay. and that's true throughout both games. Gotcha. Then you have okay. arms, which you can wear bracelets, bands, and rings. Hmm. Um, the tr- the trick is that by looking this up, I found out that actually all of these items are bracelets, and they've just been translated differently depending on oh, the situation. Okay. I was going to say, I've, I mean, you could wear a ring and a bracelet. What is a ring in Earthbound or Mother 3? In, 
in Earthbound Beginnings, they're rings because oh, they only okay. have so many. They only mm-hmm. have so many text uh, character slots. All hmm. right. Oh, so then in Mother, that slot said arm or bracelet. I mean, like before it was translated. Uh, they're not even labeled. You just have four empty slots hmm. in. Oh, okay. Okay, the but then all those items, primitive. those items that are rings in English Mother, are bracelets in Japanese. Correct, and there's okay. actually a lot of recurring uh, equip items too, in a way that hmm. I didn't know until looking it up. Okay, this uh, is and cool. then the the head slot is for hats, bandanas, and ribbons. But you'll understand that in Earthbound, those are considered other. <laughs> okay. And then other, the only thing that's exclusive to other is coins. All right. So, and depends on the game, but other can be a lot of different things. I would like to know how you equip a coin. Well, I want to know, are the coins in Earthbound Beginnings the same coins that you see in Earthbound? I forget off the top of my head, but I believe so. Okay, because in a naive viewpoint, I can see that, like, you're talking about a lucky coin, like, I found this penny, and it's my lucky penny, and then, like, carrying that to the RPG idea of, you can only have one lucky coin equipped at any time, (laughs) and the bonuses you get from each coin are different, like, that's extremely cute. It isn't presented that way in Earthbound at all because the coins you find immediately are like the coin of slumber, the Mr. Saturn coin, I think is one of them. And you have to buy them for $400. So it doesn't really seem like you're you have a lucky coin um, unless you're in an antique shop, I guess. And this Spanish Real is a coin of slumber. I don't I don't know what's going on. Um, okay, but now I understand, or I think I understand coins better than I ever did. Now, how do you uh, equip a coin, Sarah? How do I? Yeah. I would put it in my pocket. That's what I'm thinking. So the other slot is a pocket. Hmm. Yeah, must be. Um, Um, so... Do we want to have the whole discussion of, like, do you want to get deeper into this, or are we just talking about equipping things in? Is there more deeper to get in? I thought I was pretty spent there. That's the end of my notes. <sighs> I guess maybe I'll have more to say about this later. Like, you've, okay. you've really set me off. You shouldn't have kept this a secret <laughs> yeah. from a stack. You should have shown me your I told you I was it. doing this. Yeah, but I didn't realize it would turn out to be interesting. It is really interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I will send you more. I will send you my notes. Thanks. Uh there is one more thing that I keep trying to pivot to. Um so I think I talked on an episode that hasn't aired yet. Uh oh wait, hang on. This will come out after that episode. An episode you've just listened to, listener, last week. Um, about there's a series of Earthbound novelizations. Um, there's also a novelization of Earthbound Beginnings, but more importantly, there is a, how do I describe this? Like a playbook 
version of the game that's out there and translated where it's like a choose your own adventure but you're keeping track of stats and inventory uh i'm gonna link you both to this awesome and someone translated this some saint translated this jeez whoa i was at one point like oh we should just play this on air and then i looked at it and it seems too hard <laughs> it seems what like on earth one of like impossibly hard there's a you have to have a progress tracker sheet there's a battle point chart for um, the listener it's 177 pages long yeah oh good podcast material could be its own yeah, podcast. it's pretty incredible there's like illustrations in here too. It's cute. Nintendo's named Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, this exists and is really That's cute, cool. and I wanted to show both of you. This is so fantastic. If you want to play through this very hard version, even harder version of the game, probably. <laughs> well, less there's convenient, all sorts certainly. of like le- way less convenient. Uh, somebody must have, because someone was able to find a copy of this and scan it and translate it, so. I was going to ask if this game is worth playing, and now I'm thinking, which one of these would be most worth playing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, if we we are, as Earthbound fans, want, and have not played the original game, and want to see what it's about, like... Is listening to this enough to get the gist of it, or should we go back and play it? Is it worth playing? Listening to this podcast, the one we're recording right now? Yeah. Like just getting an overview or reading about it or whatever. I don't think this is adequate if you want to engage with the game because I Mm. blazed through everything really fast. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that if you are curious enough, you can slog through it. It is, you know, this... My experience this time was it was way more of a slog than I remembered. Mm. That's what I was afraid but of. Like, you mentioned grinding so much. There's a lot of grinding, and then the combat balance is so bad that sometimes you can go through an area and like pass through effortlessly, and then sometimes you just <laughs> get one shot, and you're just like, oh, well, mm. got to start over again. Um, You know, the internet's out there. You can go watch a long play. Mm, true that's out there if you want to if you don't want to play the game it's worth looking at um i think that the the story stuff is effective um the the whole all the stuff with geek and your great-grandparents and i think that all works it's very we're, we're far off from talking about the end of earthbound but i think that the way this game does it where it's kind of a similar final boss battle, but they're but trying to accomplish different things. Oh, hmm. interesting. Basically, in that you know, we'll get to we'll get to the Earthbound final boss battle, but at the end of Earthbound Beginnings, you just have to repeat the same action and survive. And it's way more of a survival thing because this game's way harder. Hmm. But like it just has a very different feel to it because what you're trying to accomplish is very different. And they're both good. I don't want to say like one's better. I'm not making a value judgment one's better than the other, but they're both different enough that despite the fact that you're kind of doing the same thing in both games, you get a different emotional experience out of it. Hmm. It's cool. 
Sounds like it is worth playing. Yeah, I if you're guess. willing to grind, <laughs> if you're if you're not willing to grind, go watch somebody play. Yeah. Or play this uh, this version, uh, but probably not because it seems really hard. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure out how do I, I I'm looking through this 177 page. Oh wait, the rules are in a different document. Correct. Oh. Okay. I love this so much. <laughs> I'm gonna do a podcast just about this game book. Okay. I mean, we could play it, but it would take like a long time. We I, could. I we should. We should try playing this game book on the podcast for like twenty minutes or until we get bored. Uh, not right now, but uh, put that idea okay. in your back pocket. <laughs> get one of us to learn the actual rules so that they can serve as dungeon master to the other two. There you go. Okay, so listeners, if you if if that sounds fun, if you looked at this document and said, "I don't want to deal with that," let's th- let them deal with it. Uh, tell us. <laughs> I'm here to I'm here to provide. Is that the end of the podcast? I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's not a very good end, but I'll take it. It's a call to action. No, wait, wait. Okay. Zach. Hi. Uh, what are we going to do next week on the podcast? Uh, I, Where did we leave off? We, we just we rescued... got Jeff. Oh, well, then we got to go uh, show Jeff uh, how cool three is, I guess. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh.